Hello, everybody, and that was a terrible fade on my part. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Empire in XL podcast. Um, we are recording here a couple days before this goes live, but uh, tonight's topic is ask a status. So as the resident person who thinks a nation state is a good idea, Josh is going to essentially put my status credentials on trial. I have not gotten any of these questions in advance. He says he's got about 20 of them written down. Um, and we will uh, go from there. So with that in mind, how's it going tonight, Josh? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Don't sell yourself short on that, Andrew. It wasn't so bad. Well, it's, you're doing all right. No, I, it was a, it, well, you couldn't hear the terrible fade I did. Um, you know, <laughs> you know I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I'll go fix it in post. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I do have that level of skill. I just don't have that level of care. Um, <laughs> I hear so you, buddy. With that being said, um, let, you know, I don't, I didn't get these questions in advance and I am not a philosophy major. So you're not going to hear me quoting philosopher X, Y, and Z says, so it's such and such. So this is why, um, I'm not that guy. I don't have that, you know, that formal or informal education. Don't look for that for me. This, uh, if that's what you want, uh, this is not the podcast for you. So <laughs> with that in mind, Josh, do your worst. You know what? And and hey, and you know, Dorf, thank you. You Dorf has um agreed to this uh to this I this podcast idea. Um because he is um a a proud statist and I give him credit for acknowledging that or admitting that because a lot of people like to pretend they're not while still um, supporting everything that uh, everything that statism is, they still like to support when they, but they will still get offended when you call him a statist. But not Dorf; he admits it. He wears it like a badge of honor, and I do appreciate that. And I'm going to ask these questions to Dorf directly, but truly, this isn't just meant to um, for me to get my jollies off by putting Dorf on the spot. That's not really what this show is about. When I ask these questions that we are going to, some will discuss, you know, a little bit at length, some we're just going to throw out there. I want the people listening to ask themselves these questions as well and to just intellectually, honestly answer them. That, you know, even if it's just in your own head, because I do think it's important. And pretty much all the questions here are going to have they're going to start the same way. You could almost say that, yes, it's 20 questions, but really it's only one question, and I'm just changing the suffix, if you will. Sure. Because basically every question here is going to be, what level of violence is acceptable for, and fill in the blank. Because let, let's be honest, let's be real. I think um, libertarians, anarchists, um, anti-statists, need to come clean with a lot of the faults or issues, pragmatic difficulties, if you will, of their own ideology. I try to do that. I try to be honest with my own ideology, but that goes the other way as well. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are simply statists because they have never considered an alternative. They were born into a system and they champion said system because they can't think of a better way and because their life is decent. So as we continue on, 
with with these questions. I also want to say, you know, especially to you, Dorf, and to the people listening at home, some of these questions are going to lend themselves more to your answering for the whole state. You're answering for the nation, if you will. How is it possible for the nation to react to this? And some are going to be more geared towards an individual operator, officer, member of a status society. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm not asking, you know, we could we could even say that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, you know, much like we did the our last episode, episode one there is if I was king for a day, I could answer as if uh, I was I was the king of the society or do you want me to a- answer as if I was, you know, just I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'll answer it in, in the way you, you've asked. Yeah. I, I think most I think in most cases you're going to understand what well, you know what is the better way to answer sure but there isn't the wrong way to answer either you know by, by any means and some are will will cross reference with each other so I'll get started and you know feel free to take it in whatever direction it goes but what level of violence is acceptable for? I'm gonna throw you for a loop here a little bit because some I I feel like you're you're waiting for me to try to get you with a gotcha question and they're not all gotchas. So what? Oh, so you're admitting there's in? some. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. There's a healthy amount. Uh, <laughs> but what level of violence is acceptable for an invasion of territory? You know, your your territory, your your territory has been invaded. Okay, from a state perspective. Um... Level of violence allowed. Okay, so a legitimate act of invasion, I would say, is in in advancement of either. I this is a more of a classical view of of warfare in general. Um, wars for the longest time and still to this day are fought over resources. If you have mm-hmm. a a conglomeration of people, uh, that being a nation state, and there's a shortage of uh, necessary resources unattainable by other means. I would, you know, and are absolutely necessary to advancement of your your goals as a people. Uh, using violence or you know force, uh, I I do do see as a legitimate use of force. Um, you can also, I would also say that, uh, you know, I, I, I am, I am not, you know, necessarily okay with offensive wars as a person. I do see them as a, um, legitimate power of a nation state, uh, defensive wars are, are preemptive strikes are, are also, uh, legitimate uses of force from my perspective. Okay. So, so in an invasion of territory, your, your territory has been invaded. You, um, you possess a nation, the invasion, someone else is invading your territory that you've made it very clear is yours. Okay. The, um, the acceptable level of violence is death, right? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, if that's the way you want that answered, yes. Um, okay. And, and wouldn't, and I will, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be the statist here, but isn't that even true amongst or within your own home? 
you know, you you have the oh, right absolutely. to defend your own absolutely. home. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you're you're just you're just simply a civilian, and someone has invaded your territory, right? Absolutely. And, you, and, and here's there's you, another you decently that. recently current event here that's a primary example. There was a no knock raid of a house um, recently. They were at the wrong house. Um, and the homeowner shot, shot, and I believe, I don't believe they killed a police officer, but shot and injured a police officer and was eventually gunned down themselves, uh, by the, by the, the raiding police. They were at the wrong home that, yeah, that's, I, I forget the exact details here. I wasn't expecting this question. Otherwise I had it ready. Um, I would, I would say that that is a legitimate use of force. Uh, by the home, you know, by the the homeowner. I, I don't I don't remember if they were owner or tenant or whatever, but that would be a legitimate use of force. Someone, you know, first off, no knock raids are bullshit. Uh, secondly, um, certainly, you know, the fact that you came, you know, legally owned, legally owned, legally possessed firearm within the laws of the United States uh, was oh. used in what you know, in all other words, it was was essentially in the in the heat of the moment likely determined as a burglary because someone kicked your door down in the middle of the night um, and just start screaming at you, you know, screaming. So what do you, what do you, what do you expect? I would, I would have probably done the exact same thing if I was in that scenario. And unfortunately, this gentleman are, are, lost they here his... to, are they here to kill you, to rape you, to steal your stuff, to, you know, who knows? Yeah. Very, very much a, a big fan and legitimate defender of, you know, what you would, more colloquially known as castle doctrine you know your house is your castle and you can defend it um to the death if necessary against uh you know illegitimate invasion let's call it um, sure no and so, that is but that if is we're getting it like the state the state possible. going back to like the state level action though if we're talking you know warfare for gain if you are, you should be willing to take it as a nation state um as well as defend it up to the point, including the point of death, um, as and I would I would deem that a legitimate action, um, whether it be resources, territory, uh, you know, way of life, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, um, the, you know, these next two are going to be kind of related, but what what level of violence is acceptable for? This should be an easy one for the killing of civilians, the killing of free people definitely death back i don't mean are, are, are you are you talking so are you asking specifically in in like warfare are civilians fair game is that what you're asking um no i'm asking civilians have been killed what is the acceptable retaliation okay all right so if your civilians are killed by a third party what is an acceptable retaliation? I, 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 you know, be more specific here so I can answer it a little better. The, are you, are you talking as a, what's an acceptable reaction as a nation or as an individual or as a, as a, you know, if your civilians are killed, are you allowed to kill civilians in warfare? What are you asking? Um, no, I, I just, just simply what level of violence is acceptable towards the ones who did it? Now, the killing of civilians could be um, they killed your little brother who lives in your house and the, in the in the micro, or it could be um, somebody just 
crashed a plane into your building. Okay. So in the micro, so the the whole eye for an eye makes the whole world blind thing. This is one of the reasons that I I, I legitimately view a state as a as a good thing is it's the monopolization of legitimate violence. Um, I forget which that is my one bit of philosophy I'm going to bring here. I forget who said it, but I got that from somewhere. That ain't mine. <laughs> um, the uh, the idea the runaway cycle of you know retaliatory violence on a micro level uh, is not conducive to a peaceful and prosperous society. Um, allowing a third party such as a state to essentially handle that where it, so you're not, you know, it's not a, it doesn't turn in constantly do an eye for an eye scenario where there's other remedies such as, you know, imprisonment, you know, fines, you know, or others, you know, state police power. Um, that is, is more conducive and more effective at producing a stable society and a just outcome for all. Um, there's plenty of times we've seen even through the modern era where somebody is wrongfully accused and, and thankfully in, in most of the time in the United States, all it is is reputational ruin and that can be recovered. Um, whereas if all of a sudden, you know, Jim Bob's a witch here and we don't realize that so-and-so was just doing, saying that to, for their own gain uh, in order to potentially eliminate a rival. And all of a sudden we realize after we've, we've hung the witch uh, that they're dead, um, that is that is not a good outcome, and and that would just cause you know further retribution uh, going on, you know, in in theory a forever cycle or to wear out of bodies. And, and from a and from a um, macro perspective, warfare perspective, um, it's an unfortunate thing when civilians are killed in warfare. Um, Generally speaking, it only it can happen more frequently than it, I'm sure that we know. It happens more frequently than I'm sure that we know, uh, and it's an unfortunate result outcome. But uh, to avoid civilian casualties, you're gonna might as well not even you know there there is no active warfare where you can essentially you know avoid civilian casualties in the modern era because you don't meet you know armies armies don't meet on battlefields any, anymore. They meet wherever and whenever, wherever. Okay, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm setting the stage here, Dorf. And I'm again, I'm not trying to use you as a guinea pig. I'm setting the stage here to say that there are moral justifications for basic ideas, whether it's done by the state or done by an individual. That you know that there there is just retribution for things that basically trump the idea of of who does it you know the right is right and wrong is wrong sure. i guess is what i'm trying to to say and so far we're i think you know we're 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 playing into that and that doesn't necessarily mean that just because i think that that it's it's rock solid fact or truth but Okay, what level of violence is acceptable for the taking of resources? Somebody took your stuff. You know, somebody took your stuff. Uh, somebody came in, you know, another nation came in, another superpower came in, took over your land and started taking your oil. Or um, 
somebody stole your candy bar. You know, I so mean, as I explained in, in from a macro perspective in question one, um, I think if resources strategic for your needs uh, are unattainable in other ways, I, I, I do believe state warfare is a legitimate way to go get them. Um, up to and like I said, up into and you know, not even just occupation to force a client-state relationship, but conquering. Um, we don't, we haven't, you know, as a as a world, gone to war to conquer people, in you know, God, almost a hundred years now, but that was not the way the world worked until very recently. Uh, from a micro perspective, uh, similar to my answer in question two, uh, that runaway cycle of retribution that I'd like to avoid, the somebody takes your stuff seeking remedy through a third party, such as a court, um, law enforcement, or other you know other you know other state action where the state has that but once again that monopolization of legitimate violence, um, where they can take it back for you on your behalf. You know, if this was stuff, stuff like physical goods, um, or enforce payment of monetary damages to cover the loss. Yeah, from a micro perspective, um, I am not a. Unfortunately, I'm kind of I'm cornering myself here into a I'm cool with might makes right from a macro perspective, but not micro, and I, I acknowledge that. That is another. <sighs> The only reason might doesn't make right in any system is out of um, some might argue a misplaced sense of, of guilt. Um, but any, any system, whether it's extreme anarchy or extreme statism, has the potential to devolve into right makes right. Might makes right. Um, I just think it's more avoidable. Um, from a micro or from a macro perspective in a state-based system. Okay. Um, and I, I will, I would like to point out that um, one of the things in question is this idea that we, we know that the state has a monopoly on violence, but whether we legitimate violence that, it has a monopoly on legitimate violence. No, this is what I was going to say. We know that the state has a monopoly on violence. Um, the idea that the state has a monopoly on legitimate violence is up for philosophical debate. Sure. Um, whether or not there is any legitimate violence is the... You know, I, and it, and, it, and it, I it, think it, that would be the root of our disagreement here and why I, I love libertarian philosophy from a perspective of yeah, this sounds great, but I just struggle with the the road to get there, and then I just don't think that the promised land is is attainable in a purely libertarian or anarchist system. That's that's I I love the theory. I just realize we just I I don't think we as humans will ever get there. No, and and that that is, I think a lot of people feel feel that way, Dorf. Um, I would argue, and perhaps we should argue on a different show. But I I would argue that um, when you have a theory that is so good, you need to work towards 
achieving it or at least at the or at the very least one needs to work towards getting close to it uh yeah at and the expense of sounding like uh, mr stalin here and in, in arguing for a permanent revolution um yes i would i would i would like state action to be taking steps each and every day in the the libertarian or, or direction um just the practical reality of the game let's let's call it uh doesn't make that available at all times because it you know unfortunately lots of steps along the way there put the the macro you know the macro extreme risk to those who aren't playing the same game um and because of that as we've seen very a perfect example of very recently with these lockdowns here that was steps in, in very much the wrong direction um but based on the information at the time that you had in late february early march you know, I I understood it was a it was a horrific violation of of rights to lock essentially lock the healthy at home, but with the information available at the time, I was like, all right, well, couple weeks, I, I, I this sucks, but I guess we got to do it. Whereas now, there's there's no fucking excuse anymore. Outside of like three counties in the entire country, there's no excuse. I, I I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. And and I would simply say from a philosophical perspective that when an idea is is labeled as utopic and said that, well, it's utopic, but we can't get there, then any step away from that is is a terrible misstep. You know, then you you simply to to acknowledge that something is utopic is to say we know what the prize is, although it's you know unattainable as it may be. We know what the prize is, so to then move away from that prize is is ignorant. Would okay. would would be my thing. You know, would would be my thing. My next one was going to be the advancement of the further three, but I think you've answered that. You know, I each, you, yeah, I've kind of answered that each time. Yeah, yeah, we we went pretty in depth there. Okay, here's a real easy one. Perhaps it's an easy one for anyone out there listening. What level of violence is acceptable for murder? Someone is murdering people. Okay, from a micro perspective, it is a legitimate power of the state and legitimate expectation of members of the state that if there is that is happening. That that is a legitimate duty of the state to deal with that, to take care of it, you know, whether it's through apprehension and imprisonment uh, after le legitimate trial through a court of law um, or, of, you know, violent elimination of, of the threat to greater society um, if apprehension is unavailable, um, that is a leg legitimate form. Uh, from a macro perspective, let's look at, I, I would use the, let's, let's use the Osama bin Laden example. It was a perfectly legitimate act, action of a state to, act, act, you, you could say it, legally speaking, extrajudicially kill Osama bin Laden. I don't think anybody cried about that that day. That doesn't make it, you know, philosophically correct, but that is a legitimate state action that somebody runs an organization hostile to you and is is done harm to you and yours 
uh, that is a legitimate action of the state to do what they did and, you know, helicopter into Pakistan and kick his door down. Yeah, I, you know, Dorf, I actually would argue that, well, this is definitely a different topic, but it, if, uh, assuming that the the stories we've been told about Osama bin Laden were true, um, that the state killing Osama bin Laden is certainly justifiable. You know, I, I, I actually do say that. And I well, guess... Well, even what, from just I mean, a practicality standpoint, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure they could have taken him. Um, but the, the not ending him then and there, um, you know, ret- retaliatory action there, the potential for retaliatory action, uh, specifically terrorism, was it was too much greater in an attempt to to um, get him released or uh, save him or, or you know, so, in, you know, some other fashion uh, was too great. You know, and there's a reason that they pumped him full of lead and threw his body into the ocean. They didn't want it to be recoverable. So all of a sudden his, his death is a, a, you know, martyrdom museum, you know, the place where he's buried turns into a martyrdom museum. And, and that's, that's adversarial to your even longer term goals of, you know, preventing adversary relationships with other non-state actors throughout the world. Okay, so I mean, I think I think most people agree that when when you have someone out there murdering someone, then something needs to be done, right? I mean, there's John Wayne Gacy's and Jeffrey Dahmer's in this world. We got to do something about those, right? Well, here here's I mean, the thing that you I think you may be surprised here. From a a internal policy perspective, I don't think the state should be allowed to put one of its own citizens to death under any circumstances. Uh, through the just through the justice you know through the justice system I don't I don't I don't think there should be a death penalty. The reason I say okay. that is, um, a the specifically in the United States, the court system is made up uh, you know twelve angry men, and imperfect imperfect people rendering a final and irreversible judgment. You know the even though there is a potential. There's too great of a potential to get it wrong where there's whoops. There's no option for whoops, my bad. Here's your freedom and some compensation to make up for your time you spent unjustly in jail. I I, I don't care if he, the people are caught and they act. They admit to it and it's on camera. I don't think that it is a legitimate power of the state to, through the judicial system, sentence someone to death. Life and you know, not, and then you get to a practical perspective within the system of the United States. It's just damn cheaper to keep them alive and let them, you know, rot in jail rather than put people to death because of the extra costs uh, going through appeals and you know those those lines well, that, that, those that, lines of cost don't inter- intersect for very very many years behind bars. Most of the time, longer than these people will live on their own. Well, but th- that has. But Dorf, that has nothing to do with the philosophy behind it. Oh, you're in, correct. In no, in no decent scenario, in no worthwhile scenario, does it cost more to kill an individual than it does to house and feed an individual for decades. the The idea that it costs more is a a fallacy. B I, if if, if that is truly the case, no. Well, it's a it's I, a mismanagement of funds, 
or planning or it's both. You know, Dorf, I will actually it it is a fallacy. Okay. It does cost more, but it doesn't cost the state more. But uh, that, okay, that actually, you know, you know what? I I honestly I haven't done any I I'm just repeating something I've heard. I don't I haven't looked at those numbers or ran those numbers independently. I will take your word for it. Yeah, um it's um but regardless that that's simply because of mismanagement and bad execution that it even costs more because you know a bullet costs 75 cents so if if you really wanted i i promise you in in china it definitely doesn't cost more to execute someone well there's not theoretically infinite appeals (laughs) right right so that that's that's a product of the system not a product of the idea okay um i I like what you're saying with the idea that, um, you know, the the state can't sanction death, but this, but you seem to only oppose state sanctioning of lethal force when the lethal force has been completely agreed upon in a fair system such as a trial, as opposed to the lethal use of force in many other ways when it hasn't been approved. I mean, our cops carry guns, right? Uh, yeah, and you know what? The, the, here's another thing. Militarization of police is a, is something else that is, is worrying to me. Um, the, another example that I, you could recently in the news, you saw some of the lockdown protesters in Texas that were protesting outside a bar that had just reopened uh, against state order, lockdown order. Um, those guys were rolled up on in an MRAP, a, a mine-resistant armored personnel carrier, uh, I believe is what that stands for, um, by police, you know, and the, and the funny meme picture that came out of that, the t- several very overweight officers uh, with, you know, plate carriers that don't fit them. <laughs> Meal Team 6. <laughs> Um, those guys are all probably going to spend some time in prison, lose their right to own a firearm within the system of the United States, because you're not allowed to carry a gun in the state of Texas inside a bar on the property of a bar, but they weren't inside the bar. They were outside the bar, but were they even on the property? Is there going to be the great debate here? That's going to be adjudicated here probably over the next year. Uh, I'll be interested to follow that one. The, the militarization of police is a problem. I I understand that you're not you're in a struggle to recruit officers of the law that you're really going to want you know that really want to do the job if they're outgunned in any sort of fight. Um, but the idea that an MRAP is needed by a local county sheriff is quite frankly preposterous. Um, I understand how they got them. They didn't purchase them directly. It was essentially given to them by the federal government because the federal government bought too many and figured, huh, we might as well make some back money back here and sold them to you know, state and local sheriffs. Um, the, I, I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we would need to neuter our police forces in, in the nation state myself here, the way that, 
the United Kingdom has, but where you know there's very select officers actually carry weapons, where the, the you know the general constable on patrol doesn't have anything greater than a billy club. Um, I'm I'm not pro that. I'm just the flipping the policy in the extreme direction has second and third order consequences that I'm not comfortable with. But at the same time, the way we've done things here in the United States isn't great either. Okay. Um, what level of violence is acceptable for theft? Somebody, somebody stole something. Um, things what can level, be... how, how should they be punished? What level of violence is acceptable for that? Settle it through the court system, whether it's restitution or... Um prison time um the from a macro perspective uh from a micro perspective uh things can be replaced uh you don't get to kill people because someone took your shit all right so i'm i run into kroger i no not kroger i run into uh steven barb's um you know shop sure i don't want to use a big you know i run into steven barb's uh steven barb's country store and they got rotisserie chickens going they look good that's really good so i snatch one up i pretend like i'm walking to the store and i just make a i just make a break for it you know yeah. i make a break for it. is our steve or barb allowed to allowed to shoot me no absolutely not okay they're they're not right okay if, so you know i, I I'm, I'm with you i'm with you this is you know it's bad to steal but the punishment should fit the crime right yeah I mean, well can... yeah yes the 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 price for theft you know uh, you know what amounts to petty theft that you described there you know an equal and proportionate response by a state is not allowing the citizen who owned the thing to to kill them um, okay it would be a legitimate thing with there would be apprehension either you know hold and hold until law enforcement arrives or apprehension by law enforcement um and you know going through a, a you know that's theft property rights are important here very important that's another legitimate role of the state is to protect and ensure property rights uh be a neutral arbiter in property disputes the um the person there you know you, your remedy and your protection for that is non-governmental it's insurance you know carry insurance on shit you know and you know that'll help you recover the financial value and and quite frankly if if it's something that money can't replace uh think about it and securing it a little better okay so that all right. would be an individual's responsibility to do so i i agree completely now i'm now after i i'm i ate my chicken i'm i'm feeling good um i are you eating your chicken you just stole here Yes, yes, yes. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm eating the chicken. I already ate it. The chicken's gone. I ate it. Um, and I love boats. Okay, I just I love boats. I love water. I'm you know I'm I'm an enthusiast, but I don't have any money. I mean, I'm stealing chickens for God's sakes. So I I steal somebody's boat, and that person does their due diligence, and they call the police, and they say, um, this chicken stealing jerk just stole my boat and they can't prove it and I get away with the boat 
and I don't get prosecuted. You know, I don't get prosecuted. I, I got away with it. So I, the, I boat, the boat, boat is stolen, not returned and unrecoverable. Is that what you're saying? This is your boat. I, I stole your boat, Dorf. You I stole mean, my boat. Is, I, I stole you, your boat. I, I'm not getting it back. You're not getting it back. Okay. You the, decide to call up your brother and be like, bro, dude stole my boat. All right, I'm going to grab the Glock. You guys both, um, you know, you guys show up. You uh, you bring your Glocks with you, and you show up at my place. You say, you know, that was my boat. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And you bust a cap. I mean, you guys just light me up. Not a legitimate use of force, no. That's that's something that that is not a legitimate urgent threat of harm. Um, that would be an act of aggression. Definitely not. Yeah, settle that. You know that is that is a legitimate use of a court system is to settle that. And at the same time, a boat is not an irreplaceable object like a light, like life itself. Um, if you don't like it, you know, carry good insurance, have good locks on stuff. You know, I yeah. agree. And general, I I don't just agree with you. I agree with you, but philosophy agrees with you, and the law agrees with you, right? I mean, yeah, the, no, the the, the idea that I can go get you know, my, my next door neighbor, Bob, and, and be like, yo, Bob, Josh just stole my boat. I know he has my boat. You know, I'm going to go answer that with, by killing Josh because his boat's now parked outside his, his house. My boat is parked outside his house, you know, ID numbers and, you know, everything like that match. No, I mean, you could argue that going and taking your boat back by, and, but not shooting Josh is, you know, potentially legitimate, you know, repossession of your own property. Sure. Fine. But, you know, if the, the idea that we get to go kill Josh because he stole my boat is, is patently you, you ridiculous. Could even, you could even argue that, um, you know, I stole your boat. I got away with it. It's crap. And um, you see that I'm really dumb and I leave the keys in my Volkswagen every night. Yeah. Well, I go inside and plan your boat. That doesn't and, not and make it. Company. That doesn't not make it your property. That doesn't mean I get to, you know. I yeah, but, mean but I get to take yours. Don't and, I, I don't get to take yours in retribution. But but I mean, Blue Book value says um, well, my vote. If, if the court is, it, you know, if you're found guilty in court of stealing my boat and say you sunk my boat after you stole it. Um, it would be a legitimate action of the state to force you to sell your Volkswagen in order to come up with the money to compensate me for my boat. Why is it legitimate for the state to do it, but not for you to do it? Because the state is the legitimate <laughs> is the legitimate mop, yeah, monopolization okay. of legitimate okay. violence. Violence well, can be defined as both physical harm and you know you know are arguably coercion too. Okay, good, good. I and, and so we are definitely in agreement that that the that violence is not okay if you know i stole your boat or i stole a rotisserie chicken now now instead okay and none of that stuff happened but somebody else not me not this jo not this jerk josh who keeps stealing everything but some other guy josh you're a menace to society we should probably lock you up <laughs> <laughs> no josh is gone he's he, he's gone he's gone but now somebody else somebody else decides that they're going to steal I don't know something just as innocuous they're going to steal a police car okay what's what's the uh, what's the acceptable level of violence for theft of a police car recover it or insure that shit you know 
Same thing. But, same but that's thing. not it. What? But that's not what's going to happen, though, right? What's uh, going to happen is it's not what ten it's... other cops are going to get in ten other cop cars, and they're going to chase you down. And you the are property probably... through state action, or you know, carry better insurance. But but that but you acknowledge that that isn't what's going to happen, right? And that there is a different standard here. That yeah, it, it, there's there. I'm not gonna. I'm, okay. The standard shouldn't be different. In reality, that's probably not how it would work. That doesn't make the the way it works in reality correct. Right. If if I jump in your car and drive away with it as fast as I can, and you and your brother and your dad jump in three separate cars with three separate guns and chase me down till I either crash it or you kill me or you take me in violently that is not acceptable but if, if, I, am if, not, I, if I am a not if i am a non-state actor or not acting in my capacity as law enforcement of the state that action would be vigilantism and yes that would not be a legitimate action if i am acting in my if i'm acting in my capacity as an agent of the state to recover the assets of the state uh yes I, I think that would be. But, but is that is that really the best way to recover said assets of the state? Is to jump in some more cars and chase them down and uh, potentially destroy said car in order to catch the person? If that's a consequence, a, you know, second, third order consequence of the action of trying it to be recovered, it's an unfortunate outcome. But yes, it's an unfortunate outcome that doesn't make it the idea, the act of trying to recover, you know, a state actor trying to recover property on its own behalf or the behalf of others in illegitimate action in in itself. So the level of violence that is acceptable for stealing a police car is definitely death. It's definitely death. Okay, so if if you want to get in the terms of law, it would be, you know, unintentional manslaughter is a possible outcome but murder is murder is not an acceptable one. So there's there's you know if you differentiate between you know unintentional manslaughter and murder, sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dorf. I'm not going to let you use the state's terms to to legitimize the state's actions. Um, well, I, I differ. You know, let I'm asking you this, Josh. In, in your, from your perspective, is there any just justifiable? Uh, is there any justifiable homicide? Yes, there is. I, I think I just laid some out, you know, earlier. Um, uh, okay, invasion so of the... territory, um, killing of innocents, murder. Okay, well, um, I, 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 I add even a more, an additional layer of nuance there that there is a difference between murder and unintentional manslaughter. There is a difference. They both result have the same end result for at least one party. That doesn't make that that does make them, however, different actions entirely. Just the the outcome happens to be the same. Swerving to miss a squirrel and hitting a pedestrian instead because you didn't have control of your automobile is is unintentional. Yes. Yeah. That 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 is unintentional. 
that that was a mistake that sadly resulted in the death of someone else. Purposely chasing someone in a vehicle in a 3,000-pound weapon down the road at 80 miles an hour and one of them results in a death is not the same thing. Just like um, surrounding someone with guns and then they make a move and you all shoot them is, well, he, you know, we didn't know if he had a gun. These are very different scenarios than someone regrettably dying on accident. Okay. You know, if, if I, I think we're. I think going. if we ever want to get anywhere else tonight, we're gonna to have to agree to disagree on this one. Okay, no, I mean, that's, that's, fine. that's that's. I mean, you have my answer. You you, you just don't like it. <laughs> well, you're you're right. You Dorf, you are right. You are right. And I just I would I would ask people to please um, you know, think about why there's a difference. You know, think about it philosophically. Here's another example that you know you of what you just asked me. What level of violence is acceptable for rape? I don't want this show to get too, um, you know, intense, but um, I mean that—that's one that I, I can't think of a level of violence that isn't—that <laughs> is too high to um, combat that. Uh, saying this from a perspective from somebody who hasn't been, you know, assaulted in that manner himself, or nor no doesn't know anybody who has either, or at least I don't know that they have. Um, it's not been a, no one that I know to my knowledge has been a victim of that. Um, I think it's easy for me to say, well, you, you do have your life in the end. And the, the idea of a proportionate response is not um, murder or execution or however you want to call it, you know, retributive murder execution. Uh, but it is a legitimate action of the state um, to, you know, especially because I'm, against you know anti-death penalty here as if we as we've discussed um it is a legitimate action of the state to imprison such person as you know there is a there's hardly any more severe violation of your personal autonomy than that um however it doesn't mean you don't get a trial yeah the the so in your mind the the acceptable level of violence for that is Lock them in a cage as long as possible. I don't, that, you know, I don't know that it's. As, I don't know it is as long as possible. I think, you know, if if we were to switch the the goals and philosophies of uh, the you know United States prison system to rehabilitation, so we actually did set people up to for success when they rejoin society instead of punishment, we we could go with shorter prison sentences. But until we do. Um, switch it to rehabilitation to being productive members of society instead of punishment um we're gonna have to still go with the lock them up and throw away the key idea okay because uh, that that's where i'm at i have no problem with lock them up throw away the key whether it's done by the state or done by um you know the victim's brother i i, I have no problem with that uh with that whatsoever um what level of violence by the state by the state is acceptable for speeding? You're you're driving too fast. You know the speed limit's posted. It's forty five. You were doing fifty eight. Speed limits are dumb. Um, there should be a. I, I'm I'm not against the recommended safe speed to traverse this 
area is X. Exceeding it, you know, any resulting death, destruction, property damage, or anything similar as a result of exceeding speed limit X, uh, I, I would not be against holding those criminally responsible for that violation. But the idea, the way that we do speeding laws now, where it's more of a revenue source than a, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's in mind for public safety, but we use it as a revenue source. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't agree with the way we do it now. The idea of a speed suggestion is, is more in line with the way I'd like to do things. Um, but if you do exceed it, you know, this is acknowledged that, you know, this is based on at least some sort of data that this is what is necessary to traverse this stretch of road safely. Um, if no one's around and you're not going to, and you don't end up hurting anybody, I don't care. But if you end up exceeding the, you know, the, the guideline, um, I am not afraid to use the power of the state to sue you for everything that you own and garnish all your future earnings because you killed somebody or, you know, and or in prison for the violation of somebody else's property rights. All right. So I, this this I feel like is actually a, a big credit to your ideology. So you acknowledge this as you you think the you state haven't has hurt you haven't hurt anybody law. by the act of speeding. The so you you view speed laws as unjust. stupid, <laughs> stupid. The but the idea that if you are you know if you are recklessly driving for either the road conditions you know the road itself or traffic and you end up injuring somebody else's life or property, um, that is that is a you know, something that should be handled civilly or through the civil or criminal law system. Um, not just a, a, you know, what, is, what do they call that? A civic infraction where it's just a, yeah. a, a fine and a point on your license. Like, no, that, that is just designed to, you were bad now pay, you know, supplement our, our tax, our tax revenue. <laughs> and, and the issue being, of course, that even though this is a civil infraction, which, is below a misdemeanor, which is below a felony. It is still, with the way our system works, it is still punishable by the most extreme forms of violence. Should you, um, should should you execute anything improperly along the way? Should you not pull over immediately? Should you not? Um, you know, go, well, go I, quite honestly, system. like that, that level of traffic enforcement, uh, here's another thing in traffic law. If we want to get nitpicky speed cameras and red light cameras are violations of the fourth amendment. Goodbye. I agree. I agree with you completely. I do. Oh, okay. No, no, one, no one just has the balls to, uh, challenge that in court over, you know, uh, what amounts to probably a $200 speeding ticket. And, and when people do, it doesn't seem to work out for us. You know, we have this good system here in the U.S. where we can supposedly combat these things, but it really isn't a very good system. It certainly well, it's just like any sort, of, any sort of intellectual property law. It's, the, you know, the state will not enforce, you know, it will enforce the intellectual property on your behalf, but it's your job to enforce, you know, at least bring it up. They're not going to do it for you. I mean, let, let's be real, Dorf. The, the idea of the speed trap, you know, we all see them all the time. Yeah, that's, where, that's, you know, it, that's, it's 40, it's yeah. 45 and then it drops to 25 and 
shoots right back up to 45 or it comes in off a off a hard right turn where you're 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 still doing 30 off the turn but then you're turning onto a street where the speed limit's 25 this has been ruled as unconstitutional they've called that entrapment which is unconstitutional but they've never stopped doing it well it's it's up to you as the person injured by the unconstitutional act to challenge it through the court system um and and or you know having a, the bigger federal agency challenge that on your behalf so um, and then what good is it? Yeah, I mean, what what good is a right if 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 it's not a right? What, well, what good you, is a right? You have to be willing to step up and you know challenge for it. It's you know it's it's not free. Um, but not just willing. You have to be able because there's a lot of people out there who are willing. But well, that's that's a whole different yeah, that's a whole different argument. That's a barrier to, you know, that you're getting into an argument here over barriers to you know financial barriers to justice, and that's a whole different box of rocks. We could do that show. It's just we don't got enough time for that. You're no, you're right. You're right. And perhaps we should do that show. Okay, what is what level of violence is acceptable for the expiration of a license? I mean, you you once you already proved that. Um, you could drive, but your license is expired. You already proved and took all the safety measures to get a concealed pistol license, but it has expired. You already bought your dog and named it, but um, you know you didn't renew the license. What is the acceptable level of violence for the terrible crime of allowing a license to expire? Um, licensure laws, generally speaking especially those of the occupational realm are generally speaking bullshit. Um, I understand why you want to have a licensed doctor. However, you could handle that by having a third party or multiple third party accreditation agencies that, you know, handle that, you know, licensure at a private level where, you know, if, uh, you know, we, we only employ doctors certified by the ABCD Foundation or whatever, and you know, the ABCD Foundation's accreditation standards are public, and those records are auditable, and you essentially, you know, as a doctor would have to, you know, display your ABCD card or your XYZ card or, you know, you belong to this accreditation agency. You see that sort of accreditation system work in education where you know it's you, if you go to a non-accredited university you might as well not even have bothered your, your degree isn't worth the paper it's written on whereas if you if you acknowledge that you're going to it you know you know that you're going to an unaccredited doctor that would be your duty to check on if they have accreditations and what that means or unaccredited lawyer yada yada etc cetera, etc cetera. That's on you, buddy. You know, if you want to use uh, your buddy you met in jail as your attorney in your next criminal case, more power to you. Uh, he should be allowed to, to practice law. It's just it's your own dumb fault. You <laughs> that, should, but you, but you can't, though, right? Yeah, you I should. Mean, well, I, that what I'm saying is because licensure laws are, are protectionist, rent-seeking bullshit, um, that, that sort of behavior is – I, I – I understand why it's in place, but I don't view it as a legitimate action of the state uh, licensure. Now, at the same time, the level of, to answer your question, level of violence to enforce somebody not having a driver's license, none. That's, that's something that if you want to have the concept of licensed drivers, um, 
which is a debatable competency test and doesn't even do anything. Um, you could handle that with essentially through the insurance process. If you're going to require people to have insurance, um, or, you know, you can, you know, if there, there can be some third party test that they can take for a, a, re, a discount on their insurance. Um, I, I don't, but it's to say, is it okay to, to murder somebody because they don't have their driver, their driver's license is expired? No, absolutely not. Unacceptable. Is it okay to lock them in a cage though? Um, I see, like I said, Josh, I don't, I don't see whether it's occupational licensing, you know, specifically like barbering license. I understand there is some risk that like barbering or, or beauty chemicals if mixed improperly can you can like burn your head off you know burn your hair off i can understand that uh you know that's why licenses are in place for such businesses there i still think there's a better way to handle that um you know whereas if you fuck up in your barber you better you know you uh better get prepared to pay up because you've you've caused great bodily harm to somebody that'll take care of that, you know, people being incompetent and not knowing what they're doing. Um, I, I don't, I don't say, I don't see that, uh, licensing is period a legitimate action of the state in, in 99% of cases, including driver's licenses. Okay. No, I mean, um, Okay, here's one. Here, here's kind of a, a fun example. This is one that, and I, I, I'm anxious to say this, but I, I want to come clean. And this is a law that that I'm breaking. This next one, this this is one that I'm breaking for for this reason, for this little fun experiment. But what level of violence is acceptable for someone not filling out their census form? None. Because <laughs> I'm just curious because because I, I refuse to fill mine out <laughs> and I just I originally just didn't want to because I didn't want to uh, no no great reason and now I keep getting um, you know letters in the mail telling me that I have to it's the law and that they're going to send someone to my house um, to you know fill it out in person if I keep refusing to send it in and <laughs> are you gonna answer the door with in, are you going to answer and, the door with come back with a warrant? I'd be so proud yeah, of you no, if you did. I, I want to invite them in. I want to invite them in and offer them a cup of coffee and ask them the question, what level of violence is acceptable <laughs> for me not filling out my census form? Because I want to know. I, I truly want to know what. Josh, what this you're going to you're going to make that me. poor census taker who's working for like $10 an hour on a contract cry. <laughs> I don't know, I sir. So. I just need you to fill this out. <laughs> so it's okay. So so this is good. But 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 in theory, though, I can be taken away in handcuffs. Uh, eventually, I for not filling out my senses. I, is that the way it works? I, I don't know. I don't know that that's the way it works. Like, is that yeah, really I mean, they, what they, could happen? It's the law. It is the law. So if I refuse to do it, they can knock down my front door. And they can send really? men with, Didn't know with that. guns to my home, and they can come in. Well, how and... is how do, how do they square that circle with uh, you know being allowed to sample and sampling day? You know, doing sampling uh, instead of full door by door counts. I wonder how they square that circle then. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't seem like they do a very good job of this 
of this entire process. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to admit I'm I'm undereducated in that department, and I'm going to I'm going to have to say, huh, interesting. Didn't know that. Uh, don't agree with it if that's if it's the way you've described it. What what level of violence is acceptable for tax evasion? Um, I I wouldn't say that it's um. I'm not in favor of locking up tax debtors, people who don't pay taxes. But at the same time, if you're going to refuse to pay the the legal prescribed share, then I'm going to enforce uh, not with by by murder, but, you know, by through a law enforcement slash a court system. Uh, I'm not going to allow you to access things that are taxpayer funded. Like if your house burns down and you didn't pay your, your, you know, local taxes or whatever. Um, sorry, the fire department will make sure your neighbor's houses don't burn down. Um, or if you, you know, you, you, somebody has committed property crime upon you. Sorry, you didn't pay your local taxes to fund the police department. You don't get access to these services. Um, from a state or federal perspective, roads, you, you, sorry, you don't get to drive on the roads without paying, you know, the your state taxes, uh, or you don't get to send your kids to school, the the locally funded school, uh, public school, because you didn't pay your taxes. You know, I, I'm okay if you if you don't want to pay them, and you're fully willing to live off the grid, fine. Whatever. I I'm also against as a as a just a general tax scheme. I'm against property taxes. Period. I like use taxes that only, you know, punishes or, or revenue, you know, turns into a source of revenue, economic activity. It doesn't then, you know, like income taxes and property taxes doesn't, perf- you know, punish or disincentivize being economically productive. Um, Dorf, I got to tell you, I, I love your answer. I, I absolutely love your answer. If, if you want to not part, you know, I, I have no problem with folks that, you know, like you look at the folks that live at uh, cements or slab city in, in, Cal- in the desert in California, because that's like the last un, you know, uninhabited, that's no, not uninhab- uninhabited, but like unincorporated commune in North America. If that's what you want to do, go nuts. Just. Don't expect me to support you as a you state. Know, Dorf, I, I do. I love your answer. No, no free, no free I rides wish, here. No free lunches. I <laughs> wish that that's how any system anywhere in the world handled it. Cause it's not. And there's actually a whole lot of people out there who, if given the opportunity, believe it or not, would do exactly what you just said. And and you well, know. it's 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 very much. A, I'm a I'm a very big proponent of actions have consequences. You've chosen to, in exchange for not paying, not being able to participate, and you don't get to say in an emergency scenario, I regret my decision. Can I please have you know have it now? No free riders. You chose not to participate. You don't get to say, oops, my bad anymore, and get instant access to services. I believe I said this in the last podcast too, but that's very Robert Heinlein of you, and I I, I do appreciate it. I, I love great. The... Now everybody who's only seen Heinlein and never read his stuff is going to call me a fucking fascist now. Thanks, dude. <laughs> no, the 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 movie of Starship Troopers had 
It's a terrible adaptation good. of the book. It's yeah, absolutely it terrible. Absolutely, and and I like that movie because you know, hey, the only good bug is a dead bug. You know, it's fun. But no, it has nothing to do with the with the book whatsoever. Now, uh, Robert Heinlein, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writer. Um, but the thing is, like you mentioned, you know, you don't pay taxes. Your kids can't go to school. Okay, but you know what the problem with that is? Sure, go ahead. Education is compulsory. You're not allowed. I I, to not I don't I disagree. I disagree that compulsory education is is a. I I don't think that we should you know as a state should be in the business of compulsory education. Um, at the same time, if like you're a minor and you reach maturity and your parents refuse to send you to school or didn't send you to school, you should be able to sue them for future financial harm of you know. If the uh, the effective minimum barrier to entry is a high school education or, or a, a GED to even work at McDonald's at this point, or at least be working on that if you're a minor still, uh, and your parents refuse to give you access to that, uh, and you cannot get gainful employment, I do believe you should be able to sue them for that. They don't get immunity from that. That's fine, I guess. I, I mean, good, good luck with that. You know, oh, yeah, so that, that sounds, you know, yeah, congrats, you know, that, that I, I am fully willing to admit that that is not a well thought out, you know, I don't, I have not thought of the second or third order consequences of that latest proclamation here. Um, I, I would love to but, be the lawyer of the parent that gets sued by that kid. I'll, I'll, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm an unlicensed lawyer, of course, so I'm not allowed to do it, but I'll, I'll, I'll murder that kid and his lawyer because. <laughs> well, and, and really at the same time, like if we want to, if we want to make like a three-tiered, you know, you have the, you know, minors and and full-blown adults. If you want to make some sort of third third-tier status where, um, somewhere in between, where a minor isn't fully emancipated, but has some more decision-making rights on their own, where they can go get that education yeah. themselves or force that way into them themselves, but it, it's still their parents still retain some rights over them. I, I wouldn't be against that as a a way to get there, um, to avoid the you know I reached my 18th birthday, you didn't let me go to school, now you owe me for the rest of my life, essentially lost wages. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm, I'm with you, Doug. I it, but I got to tell you, as as a father of four, if the government told me, Josh, if you don't pay your taxes. Your kids can you go to public school? I would say, you promise. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> talk about a win-win. I don't have to. I don't have to pay taxes, and my kids don't have to go to your compulsory indoctrination centers. Sign me up right now. Sign me up. I am with you, one hundred percent. Um, I you know, Dorf. Some of my questions I'm I'm crossing off here because I, I'm answering you, them. Yeah, you are. You know, I mean, or if you're not answering them directly, you're you're making it very clear. Um, you know, I I know how you are gonna feel about the improper registration of your pet. Oh yeah, um, the the idea and, that I need to register and pay a tax on my pet. Yes, it's only fifteen dollars or whatever, probably for a three year license. But really. <laughs> Nuh-uh. No, 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 no. That is that is a bridge too far. Um, you know, and not driving a motorcycle without an endorsement, even though you have a driver's license and you know how to drive a motorcycle. Um, 
I mean, the fact that you got pulled over doing well, something. Well, here's, an, here's another way we could do it. If, uh, you, you know, we could have still have the, the a driver's license per se. Um, whereas if you, it's essentially if you drive without a license or whatever, uh, there's a different fine or fee schedule if for reckless behavior or property destruction that there's like a multiplier on it if you didn't take a basic awareness and or safety course or something like that. You, well, there's a, there's just, like a multiplier on your on your penalties for property or, or property or, or destruction of life. Well, what what is what is ludicrous about this idea is that you just got pulled over for doing 55 and a 40 on a motorcycle, but you don't have your motorcycle tag, which means you don't know how to drive a motorcycle. Obviously, you do. You were pilot. You, you, you got here, right? <laughs> I've, exactly. This is my point. Obviously, you know how to drive a motorcycle. You've been so so. Basically, what they're saying is you're approved to drive the three thousand pound weapon, but not the seven hundred pound weapon. Yeah. Is is what is what they're saying? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not a pro, but for those people out there who've driven a motorcycle, they know that. Um, if you don't know how to drive a motorcycle, you fall over pretty doing... quick. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, all right, I'm gonna lump some together here. What is the level of violence acceptable for the for hunting an animal on your property when it's not the season? Doing some fishing on your property when it isn't the proper season. Collecting rainwater. Or let's also throw in possessing a firearm. Peaceful. Your own property. Um, there should be no restrictions if you own the land. That is a legitimate use of the purpose of the, you know, it's your property. Harvesting its natural resources, such as like mineral rights, is a legitimate function. I would consider the deer population of your property a legitimate, you know, natural resource of it. Uh, Take them all if you want. Hunt them to extinction. That's your choice. Uh, waterways get a little bit more tricky because they're generally speaking not stagnant. Um, so you shouldn't be able to dump water, in, you know, toxins into your part of the stream because it be very quickly becomes somebody else's part of the stream. Unless, of course, you could get everybody down the line, uh, which, you know, all the way through wherever it terminates. And anybody whose land touches where it terminates to agree that, you know, dumping this, dumping the stuff here is cool. Um, and, you know, and anybody whose water table connects, you know, if you can get a hundred percent agreement, fine, go nuts. But, you, you know, in practical reality that that ain't happening. Um, owning a gun is, I would argue, you know, I, I'm very big fan of number, you know, number two here, uh, you know, I think that is a every responsible citizen is a well-armed one, uh, well-armed and well-trained in its use. Um, I do recognize. Compulsory. No. Okay. Th that is not you know if if you were to do a strict interpretive reading of the Second Amendment, no part of that includes you being trained on it. Um. I, I think it's a good idea, personally. I, I'm just not going to say you can't, you know, you can't purchase this or, or make your own. Even, you know, you 3D print your own um, if you don't have training. I, I'm, I'm not willing to go that far. The um, Am I forgetting anything here in your question? It was like a four-parter. 
No, actually, I don't think you are. Um, the uh, here here's the one thing I will oh, say about collecting rainwater. Collecting rainwater was a part of it. Oh, as well. That's stupid. Of course, do whatever you want with that. It fell from the sky. It landed on your property. You do you. Um, the collection of rainwater doesn't hurt anybody. Um, the, the one more thing I want to say on guns. I do say I, you know, as part of a criminal punishment, uh, like I like I said, you know, a punishment for lack of following the the rules of the state is a legitimate action of the state. Um, loss of firearms rights is a possibility for that, especially if you know if you have proven to not be ver, you know, unwilling to use them in offensive. You know, if you if you use them in offen illegitimate offensive violence, um, and we don't and you don't end up dead, I think a loss of firearms rights is legitimate um, action. The but how I you know the the idea that you know if I commit wire fraud that means I can't you know or and I do my time for it or if I commit uh, you know a white collar crime or petty theft that I sh you know to the point I shouldn't lose my my firearms rights for that it's one thing if I have a violent felony if we need to make a, a you know a, a fourth additional class of crime for violence you know that we would lose firearms rights because of that i'm cool with that but not uh not the way we do it now what if you've committed no crime but you have at some point been deemed unstable nope okay so you uh not okay you, that is not a that is not a legitimate revocation of rights okay so so you told your you were when you were 16 you told your therapist that you were suicidal and now you're 33, and you uh, you, you don't even need to finish your example. Nope, not a not a legitimate use of state action. Okay, because okay. that is a state action that is. Oh, I know, I know. It happens. It happens now, and that's it's terrible. The amount of time, effort, and money you need to to spend to get that overturned, um, if you can do it at all. Uh, that, but in my opinion, that is not a. Um, you know, the, the state doesn't have, you know, a necessary right to protect me from myself. If I, you know, if they're worried about me offing myself, well, I'll find another way to do it. Sure. Okay. Um, here's this, this is one of my favorites and I know we're running short here. Um, but here's one of my favorites, this thing that, um, people love to use as an example all the time. And, um, I don't know, I'm not even certain that it's ever actually happened in human history, but, um, you just yelled fire in a movie theater. What is the acceptable level of violence? And there's no and there's no fire. There's no I, fire. I would so this this is a specific example. You yell fire to crowded theater. There is no fire. The business, uh, the movie theater, should be able to sue you for lost revenue, uh, including penalty modifiers. Uh, for you know loss of consumer confidence because of you know loss of future business not just you know business that time because people are afraid to come back um, that we would, need, we, would that? we would need to find some way to prove and quantify that I, I don't know how that would work but we will establish that standard it um, can be done through witnesses actually pretty pretty easily individuals yeah individuals can um, sue the offending party for pain and suffering anguish um 
And so, but what I'm saying there, there, I don't think for your specific example there, there is a criminal element to that. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't, there isn't a civil element to that where, you know, monetary compensation may be owed to multiple parties for that illegitimate action. For, for, for an issue that, that arose. I'm not throwing you in jail for it, but that doesn't mean that about 17 different people can't seek financial remedy. Okay. Dorf, I agree with you. The Supreme Court does not. Well, that's hooey. (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. um, We've we've mentioned insurance a little bit in this show. Insurance is a good idea, right? I mean, it gives you insurance, right? The the, you know, the name is right in the um, in the definition of it. But I always like to say that when insurance of any point becomes compulsory then it ceases being insurance and becomes a tax so what what is what is the proper level of violence for not having compulsory let's say car insurance well compulsory car insurance is a great example here uh i now live in a st- grew up in a state where car insurance is compulsory um to, to a ridiculous level i now live in a state where it is not it is compulsory however like the minimum threshold of coverage is so low you might as well not even have it i've also been and traveled frequently into a state where it's not required um the best way to do it is it's not required but you should instead of insuring you know other people's stuff when they like an example a no-fault state insure your own shit if I get in an accident with you, I'm insuring my own vehicle. Um, I don't owe you a damn dime, regardless of whether I'm at fault or not. If you'd like to, you know, if it's if there's, you know, rec- blatant, blatant reckless behavior and you want to go after me in civil court for additional, you know, costs, there's that remedy exists and should exist. But the idea that I need to insure both yours and mine, there's so many variables in that that like it's it's fucking ridiculous um compulsory insurance in general not not okay with that that is once again like i I said with like licensure that's rent seeking bullshit um and while good intentioned it it ends up being a lose-lose for everybody right on all right i got a couple more I'll, i'll i'll rock through them as fast as i can what level of violence is acceptable for selling loose cigarettes um, the only people, you know, if, if you were worried about, I mean, loose cigarettes, none, a specific example of a cigarette is you are responsible for whatever you ingest. Um, I'm okay with the legalization of any and all drugs. Um, however, the similar example of like the speed guidelines, the speed guidelines example that if you're. You know, here's the the suggested guidance. If you you know if you exceed that, you're on your own. Um, same thing with like drugs or loose cigarettes or unregulated um, pharmaceuticals. Okay. You, you so knew, you knew the, Hang on, let me down. finish. Let me finish this. Okay, sure, you sure. you knew the risks. We inform you of the risks. You chose to do it anyway. Don't expect my help with any of the the consequences of that. Oh, no one's asking for that. No one's asking no, for if, that. If if you. Uh, Bob wants to sell a, a loose cigarette or one he, he, he grew at home or whatever to fill. 
whatever, man. You do you. If if Phil gets poisoned, that's his own fault for accepting a cigarette from Bob that he didn't know what was in it. Okay, I mean, but you're you're selling loose cigarettes right out of the Marlboro pack. You know, you you bought a pack of Marlboros and now you're selling them. That so that's not punishable by being strangled to death by a New York cop. No, absolutely not. Okay, because you know that happened. Yes, right. it did. I, I forget the guy's name, but he was he was a very large gentleman and actually had a heart attack, likely induced by the um, the restriction of airflow because uh, he was a very, very large dude. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what is the – let's go jaywalking. You don't cause – Arm harm to property or somebody else's life, whatever. Should shouldn't even be illegal, right? Uh the only reason it really is illegal now was a way to escalate or to get the ruffians off the street. It's a remnant of that era where police were used in a authoritarian fashion to remove the undesirables from downtown so we don't have to see the ruffians. You know, it was a way that, oh, we caught you jaywalking. Um, you know, jay, I forget, wasn't it slang for the Irish at one point? Um, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think it was so. just a way to have the police be able to remove the undesirables and it's never been gotten rid of. And uh, jaywalking specifically, that is. Uh, and that would not be a legitimate action of police power okay um how about not obeying an executive order i mean this wasn't legislative this was so so say say we lived in like a really um like a really totalitarian country i would here's here's like like the governor came out and said like you're not allowed to leave your house oh wait that's oh wait that's the country we live in now like you're not allowed to leave your house or you're not allowed to go to the grocery store without wearing a mask or I um, could something crazy like that. What, what, what should the punishment be for disobeying that? I mean, it's not legislated. It's just an executive order. Well, to get to the root of what you're saying here, the idea of an executive order, I'm okay with the concept of an executive order existing. It could be, it should be something that like in an emergency basis, it has a, finite expiration date very short term and if you don't get it passed through the legislation by the end of the expiration date say two weeks then you don't get to extend it too bad so sad it's over and you can't reinstate it for six months a year three months some you know and a a large amount of time to prevent what exactly what you've seen like in your state where you're going to we're going to lock you down even longer now because somebody protested. You know, you protested. I'm going to teach you a lesson. That that kind of behavior is ass just insane. Um have you said your Heil Gretchen's today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um I I the the action of an executive order I I still say is a legit has a legitimate place in a status society. However, very firm time limitations need to be, you know, imposed on that. Um, and the level of violence associated with being able to enforce that uh, in a time of peace uh, would be the civil infra- it'll be a civil infraction system where it'll be, you know, t- 
ticket ticket and we'll see in court um you know in, in your mask example it's ticket we'll see you in court and unfortunately we're gonna have to ask you to go home or acquire one or even if you know even in the mask example is well i can't afford one well then here you go here's one continue going about your day um but at the same time in, in a wartime example where it's you know, we, we're going to pass an executive order that you can't use a skybound strobe light uh, to signal, you know, to say, please bomb here. So you don't have to go, to, you know, bomb my Ford plant so you can't go and don't have to go to work tomorrow. You know, banning that activity and using, you know, that, that's an oddly specific example, but using state, you know, powers of coercion and violence to enforce that in a, a wartime scenario, I think is a legitimate action, you know. But you understand what I'm saying, though. There, there's there's difference in nuance in, in the level here and the way we've used executive decrees here lately. Um, and here's another thing. Health county health officials who nobody votes for uh, being able to uh, essentially declare executive decrees. That needs to end. That's crazy. Nobody voted for them. The remedy for people not, you know, there is no way to remove them if they don't like them. Sure. Um, okay, I mean, Dorf, I'm, I've, I have two left, I, and I saved these last two, um, you know, for a reason. But I, I have two left. But it sounds to me like you are a believer in statism, and that you want there to be statism, and that you think it is a justifiable way to, um, to rule people, but. According to you, the the system of statism we have here in the U.S. really sucks. I mean, you I, I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't say that it. I wouldn't say that it sucks. That that's very much binary language. It's the. I would say the United States specifically. There, you can pick out random, you know, points in in any sort of establishment that, of the United States that somebody else does better. But it, it, when you put them all together, I don't think anybody in the world does it better than here. That doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't mean it's, it's great. Just comparatively. So I, I think we do the best job on the planet and in the history of, of civilization. That, um, that doesn't I, I make it, that you. doesn't make it great. That I agree with you. Best we've that got. wasn't the question. I agree with you, but that definitely was not the question. It wasn't okay. the statement. Just because... Ask again. Force me better, into an answer. Just because we... Just because our place is better... It's better to live here than it is the vast majority of places in all of human history doesn't mean it's good. You know, it, it really Sure, does. but in the idea of I'll take it over the alternative... That doesn't mean we. I don't want to keep moving towards a. I, I I still think a nation state is a good idea. I think we can adopt and incorporate more freedom and liberty-minded principles. We have the mechanisms in place within the current system to do that, and we should try and do that. Um, but at the same time, if we if we rip the bandaid off and go total libertarian super state here. Uh, we'll get conquered in about 20 minutes. And that's not good for anybody involved. You, you get your 20 seconds of freedom, and then you get to lick the boot of uh, China, the mega corporation here, very quickly. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think you're, um, I mean, I hate to get 
overly ideological, but I think you're maybe um, misusing the word libertarian there a little bit. Fair enough. Because, like, like me, for instance, I am a libertarian, um, you know, a small L libertarian. Well, okay, Can, let, me libertarian let me substitute. Let me let me substitute that with You know, I I would love to be an anarchist. You know, and that doesn't mean I like violence or like chaos or something. If if that's what you think, you know, I'm talking to the people listening here, not you. If that's what you think anarchy means, you definitely need to um, look into it. I would love to be a full out anarchist, but the idea that I'm a I'm a libertarian and a person who votes for the libertarian party in the United States means that I actually am kind of a statist too. You know, I I'm actually. Um, I haven't given up completely on the system. I think it's really lousy. But the idea that I'm saying that means that I actually am still supporting the system and believe that it has an opportunity and has a chance to to make it better, to you know, to improve within the system itself. Otherwise, I wouldn't be voting libertarian. I'd be you know, blowing up Capitol buildings or something, you know, I, I or or I would just be a, a complete fringe person. But that's not it. So so the idea, so libertarianism is a way to to win the day within the system of statism, if you will. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'll throw out the last two, real quick. Um, what level of violence is acceptable for resisting arrest? Um, equal. If arrest is... Okay, so here's the thing. Arrest means entry into the justice system. If you're being wrongly arrested, you've been wrongly accused, or you know, you're not guilty of what's alleged, you still have remedy for that. The, the act of, of, you know, the the idea of, you know, oh, uh, my my arrest is illegitimate, therefore I can whack a cop or, you know, whack the, the agent of the state coming to arrest me. That equal, means, quite honestly, that uh, proportional violence can be used against you up and including your death if you if you resist violently, if you would if you would violate the the right to life of somebody else. Um, when there's another remedy available, there is another what remedy available. What if you're just trying to get away? Um, I shouldn't be able to shoot you in the back. We will, we'll get you, you'll, you know, you'll just get arrested tired. You know, <laughs> that's not that you'll just, you know, no point in running. You'll just die tired. You know, to modify that. There's no point in running. You'll just get caught tired. The, you still have a remedy to re rectify your injustice. And the idea that, you know, I, I am fully and totally pro um, if the state arrests you and it turns out you're not guilty or they wrongfully arrested you, that you should be compensated for that. Not just, a, oh, you're our bad. You're, you're free to go. No. Well, you get to compensate me for my time and, you know, my potential loss to loss to reputation if this was witnessed publicly. Anybody saw it. It was recorded and distributed. You get to now compensate me for that. And I think that would be a, a something that would really, really, really force the law enforcement and justice system to really make sure they have their ducks in a row 
and not do what's ha- what you're seeing now. The you're you're not going to you know the idea that it, that they get just to say you know well we took it back. Sorry, you're free to go. You know and and not be compensated for your time or lost a reputation. That is not not okay. It should be automatic, not something you have to fight for. Well, uh, that'd be better than what it is. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, really, any level of violence is acceptable for the resisting of violence. <laughs> um, I, I believe you're the one that uh, you know, the the the, uh, the arresters are the ones who are the perpetrators of the violence. So, well, it be if that, uh, if the idea, okay, an arrest is a legitimate police power your remedy for wrongful arrest is still available to you if you're arrested the idea that that is an assault on your your life um i i i don't think that's the case uh if you violently resist arrest and put somebody else's life at risk whether it's you know a a bystander or the person who's acting on legitimate you know behalf of the state um then proportional responses are warranted um and warranted acceptable and allowable the how do i want to say this you don't just you know if somebody's fleeing you you don't get to run them over with your car you know your cop car you don't get to shoot them in the back you don't get to shoot somebody you know fleeing is not a death sentence if you run away you know running away well, isn't good doesn't mean the or the arresting state official uh, gets to become your executioner. I agree with you. Um, I I don't know how many cops agree with you, but um, but I do. Okay, one more Dorf. What? Okay, now um, I know everyone says, "All right, Josh, you're a jerk. You're an anarchist. If you don't like it here, just leave. Just get out of here." What are, you, what are you doing here? You know, you know. You said to yourself, don't "You don't like out. it, you can get out." <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's right. That's right, Dorf. And you said yourself, you said, "You know, this place may not be perfect, but it beats the alternative. Beats all the other places." Well, maybe I want to try the alternative. Maybe I'm trying to follow your your rules, and you know, I don't like it here, so I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get on out of here. I don't like it here in America anymore. So. What level of violence is acceptable for attempting to leave without a passport? Uh, there should be no violence for leaving without a passport. Or um, if you can prove you are legitimately allowed to return. Um, that doesn't mean if, if I... Why do you want to return, though? Why do you want to return? I don't well, want to return I'm just saying in leave. general. I'm just saying in general here. The, the idea of having to have a passport to leave... Uh, I find unconscionable. I could say that I don't want people who, you know, foreign aliens entering without proper passport and or, you know, visa documentation. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, you want to, you know, this is your house per se, and you want to, you know, be allowed to say who's allowed to come over for dinner. Um, or, you know, if you want to take on a roommate or not, but the idea that it, you have to have a passport to leave, I, I don't find that agreeable. Yeah, but that, does, but that doesn't mean wherever you're going, 
has to allow you in either. Sure. But when government has a monopoly on travel and on land, they should. They do you're, currently, you're, but they should. You're not shouldn't. allowed to roam. You're you're not allowed to leave. You 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 aren't allowed to leave. I, and I think people should know that. The idea that, oh, great greatest part about America is if you don't like it here, you can get out. Well, here, here's the thing, Josh. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with your assessment that you're not allowed to leave. It's just wherever you end up might not not let you stay. I'm not allowed to leave. <laughs> I, I know that. I can tell you personally. I don't have a passport, and I am not allowed to leave. You know that that is uh that and and there's a lot of people like that in this well country. i mean you could leave that doesn't mean your actions wouldn't be frowned upon um especially if you just walked across the canadian border per se or you know swam the detroit river good luck with that by the way um <laughs> it's a lot farther than it looks and yeah, I, I bet um that doesn't mean you know if you cross the canadian border from michigan you know up in up in the upper peninsula or something like that doesn't mean Canada's going to let you stay. Um, but, you know, the the idea that you can't leave, it's not the action that either one of the states leaving is not the action that they have a problem with. It's being allowed to stay where you end up. Right. Well, I mean, but that's kind of like saying... Um, it's a it's, distinction. It's a distinction without a difference, practically, but you know what I'm saying. That's like saying you're allowed to kill people if you don't get caught. Well, I mean, practicality, you, you kind of are. You're allowed to, you know, you're, like, you're allowed to speed you're saying is, What you're saying right. is, uh, what you're saying is, you're allowed to sneak across the border, and if you don't get caught, then you don't get caught. But it is still, what you're doing is still illegal. Correct. So, <laughs> so it, I mean, get, not getting caught does not equal legality. Correct. Okay. So, Dorf, I want to tell you, I, I'm out of questions. I want to tell you, I really like your answers. I do. I really appreciate your answers. I liked how candid you were. I hope people listening, um, you know, came up with their own answers or kind or did it, if nothing else, it just kind of made them think because I didn't, tr I, I tried not to jump in too much with my own ideology, which I realize is fringe to a lot of people. But the the main idea I was trying to push here, and you gave better answers than I even thought. I thought you were going to give good answers, but you gave even better answers than I thought you would. But the problem I have with all these is that the truth, truth be told in any governmental system, all of these things, all of these crimes can and sometimes do equal death. That is the, the unfortunate. You, you're violence. right, Josh. You're right. That's the unfortunate reality of the situation. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way it was designed or the the way it should be. Um, that's just an unfortunate outcome of the way things are. It's not the way. That doesn't mean that that was the way that they were supposed to be. Okay, but I do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And well, that's when when you're towing the party line. And I know you are, and I appreciate that. Then, then you are right. But everything I mentioned, the acceptable level of violence for every one of those things is death. And my reason being that because law cannot exist without the full threat of violence. 
You're correct. Violence and death behind it. And I think people need to know that. And and I appreciate that you, as a proud statist, at least acknowledge that and agree with it. Because there's a whole bunch of people out there that when I say things like that, that law cannot exist without the full threat of death and violence behind it, they will disagree with me forever. Just like when I and for that reason that. right there, you know, you've just summarized my essentially my argument against anarchism, like without that that threat and monopolization of and up to violence to to force compliance, your civilizations pretty much will end at two people. That that'll be your largest group gathering allowable because anything over two, good luck settling disagreements in any other way that doesn't evolve. Well, no violence. I I will say this, and I don't have a whole lot more to add after this. If you want to wrap up, not that's fine too. But I will say this: we, I I get to be, I'm sitting in the catbird seat in this conversation because we don't know if what you said is true because your way has a monopoly on how the world works. So. I can talk about how I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't think that that is true of anarchism or of strict liberty. But we know my we we know what I said is true. We, we we do know that what I've said about the violence of statism is true. We actually we don't know if anarchy would be the way you say it is because we've never tried it as a civilized that, society. That, well. Not in recorded history, anyway. Um, well, I'm not much interested in, in anything prim- primitive, you know, pr- primitive an- anarchism. Yeah, and, you know, back when there was like ten thousand people on the on the planet. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it tonight, man. It's been an hour okay. and forty two minutes. <laughs> Way too long, but it was good. I I, I hope people enjoy. Yep, so I think that is going to wrap us up here tonight. Uh, Episode 2 of the Empire in Exile podcast. Uh, You can find us each and every Tuesday, wherever you're finding us now. The the list of platforms you can find us on is growing by the day. Uh, We added SoundCloud today, hoping to add Spotify, Google Play Music, and uh, Apple iTunes here shortly. So with that in mind... I have been your host, Dwarf, and for Josh Hauslander, this has been, once again, second episode of Empire in Exile. We'll catch you all next time.